the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Let's not be shy today. Let's make today the day you pick up the phone, call into the show. Let's pretend it's my last show ever. What would you say to me? What questions would you have? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. So, um... In particular, I always like talking about the markets from yesterday to start the day and then go into where we are today. Um, stock market faced some selling pressure at the outset of yesterday's session, but we notched lows in the first hour and we came back kind of like a rocket baboa. The SP 500 actually gained modestly for the day. There's been a lot of drama. And you know, I like to say, as Mr. T would say, Save the drama for your mama. You no one. Fool? No one likes drama. Mr. T and me agree on that. That's right. Your tenure, tenure treasure was down at 1.34%. Now it's creeping back up to the east side to a deluxe apartment sitting at 1.41%. Still incredibly low. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Markets open to higher today. Crude oil uh, behaving, the dollar behaving, the 10-year treasury behaving. Okay. So, we can deal with that. Um, back to market commentary, or back to thoughts of the day. Um, some additional fuel was the FOMC meeting Minutes, the FOMC meeting minutes. Uh, for some reason, that just sounds funny to me. That revealed that Fed officials want to see more information before making further adjustments to the Fed funds rate. In fact, uncertainty was mentioned more than 30 times in the minutes. See, I'll tell you. I got to tell you. I got to tell you. Mm, got to tell you. Um, demon known versus demon unknown. 
you could say the market's got cancer. You could say it's dying. You could say uh, run for the hills because uh, Saddam Hussein's back. Market doesn't care. But as soon as you say, something's just not quite right with me. And unless you can diagnose it, market freaks out. So there's a lot of uncertainty. What's going to happen with the Brexit? What's not going to happen with the Brexit? What's going to happen with Syrian refugees? Will Germany be able to successfully turn Syrian refugees into a new working class, which the United States needs? We need young people who can work to pay Social Security taxes for old people who sit around and watch Oprah Winfrey reruns. I know, you're saying, that's not very nice. Okay, Phil Donahue reruns? I know you're saying, you don't know your daytime TV. Ellen? Ellen? How about Steve Harvey? Where people always say, I like him. I like him. What's up with people on Family Feud wearing these, like, colors? Are they dressed? Because the colors that they wear are hideous. Um... Anyway, I'm digressing. The Wall Street, the Wall Street, the Taylor Swift, um, the ta- um, so the Wall Street, Wall Street doesn't like, it likes demons known versus demons unknown. So all this uncertainty and the Federal Reserve is just saying, you know what, we might raise interest rates next year in July. So low interest rates, low, uh, good and bad. You know, there's good and bad with low interest rates. Um, I'm in the middle of a refi, and that's the good. The bad is I'm in the middle of a refi because a lot of people around me are struggling to make material gains in their life, whether it's in the United States or whether it's in the world. So the ADP employment change report for June pointed to the addition of 172,000 jobs, but the more influential employment situation report is going to be released tomorrow, tomorrow at 8.30 a.m., Weekly initial claims also released this morning. Came in better than expected. Uh, yet again. So, yay! You've been unemployed. Go collect unemployment. And any number under 350000 is good. And we've been under that for a long time. Record, uh, record period of time. So, PepsiCo uh, had a good bottom line earnings beat. They didn't say much about Brexit. And they raised their guidance. A company called White Wave Foods, they're going to be acquired by Danone. Uh, AVG Technology is going to be acquired by Avast Software. That's interesting. <clears throat> I've used Avast and AVG as um, anti-malware and anti-spam and anti-virus software in the past. So, so we've got that going for us. Supposedly stock lower today after someone got sick, reportedly sick, on the burrito chain's food. Um, quote, my reporter, my editor, ended up deadly ill last night. So you're seeing Chipotle, Mexican Grill, go lower on that news. What's interesting out there is we don't know how bad it is. And we don't know if it's even true, but the rumor is enough to cause the stock to go lower by 2%. Let's get in a phone call. Who do we got? Francisco. Ah, it's Francisco. How are you, Francisco? Good morning, Roberto. Doing very well. How come you're not 
How come you're not watching over that incredibly beautiful woman that you call a wife? Oh, man, because she has to go make some money from me as well. Mm. I'd keep a close eye on her. We'll so, do she has to make money for you? Yeah. Okay, I think that might have been, been offensive, but I'll, 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 I'll let that go because I'm offensive. What's well, up, buddy? you know what? As long as she's not listening to the radio, so I guess it's all right. That's fair enough. I wouldn't listen either. So. <laughs> you know, i got a question for you here. Um, I'm cleaning my financial house here, and uh, I have a mutual, mutual fund that, I'm, that I have that I'm thinking, and I have no idea what it's about, so I was hoping that you could uh, shed a little light on it. Sure. Uh, what is the it? Ticket, the ticket symbol is H-E-D-J. How long have you had it? Uh, you know what? My financial advisor had it on me for, I think I've had it for about a year or so. Okay. Um, you're not going to like what I have to say. First and foremost, you should know what it is. Second, you probably should have contacted him or talked to him when he bought it just so you have a concept. Um, third, you can get some wonderful free software and punch in these kind of random tickers and it'll show you everything that you own. You know, hopefully you've got some sort of, you know, Fidelity account, Vanguard account, where you can kind of see what your overall exposure is. But thanks for the call, and I do wildly appreciate it. Um, it's the Wisdom Tree Trust. It is a European hedged equity fund. Um, it seeks to track the price and yield performance before fees and expenses of Wisdom Tree Europe hedged equity index. It's not crazy as far as expenses go, so that's good. It's kind of a blended fund, so that's good. So it's not all growth. It's got a yield of 2.9%, so that's nice. Um, there's nothing going on bad there. When you say Europe, suddenly you're going to go, oh, Europe hasn't been so pretty recently. And you've seen this fund go from about 60 bucks a share down to where it is now, 50 It shows an incredible bottom at 49 Because I know you, my inclination is to say add more if you're going to be a patient long-term investor. Because you have time. And now is the time to be buying Europe. Now is the time to be trimming your staples in the United States. So you sell your winners and your funds and you buy your losers if you're keeping that equity position. I don't know what else you have or don't have. So it's just a basic initial thought out there. It's not pretty right now and that's when you want to buy them. I'm Rob Black. Now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money invested in more. A couple years ago, many years ago, I was dating a school teacher. And it was nice because at the end of the date, we'd been dating for a while, she basically said, one thing I really like about you is you're not, you're not always looking at your cell phone like other guys. And I didn't know. I, I just, it was a nice compliment, right? Now, Verizon 
just decided to raise the prices for more data. It revamped its pricing plans on Wednesday, offering more generous data allotments while increasing the monthly fees by 5 to 10 bucks. It also added catch-up features such as the ability for customers to roll over any of the data that they don't use to the next month. Higher prices indicate Verizon has been fighting competition aggressively with T-Mobile and Sprint. Verizon's cheapest, smallest plan will offer basically 2 gigs of shared data for $35 per month, up from 30 bucks for 1 gig. The medium plan increases the price by 5 bucks, offering 4 gigs of data for 50 bucks. And the LXL and XXL, you can imagine where those go. At what point in time should we all just move backwards and say, you know what? I'm actually going to pay attention to my date, and I don't need 12 gigs of data, or 100 gigs, or a bazillion gigs, because this is expensive. If you're not maxing out your 401k and you've got a cell phone, I hope you die poor, because you've, you've earned it and you've deserved it. I hope you die in a trailer park somewhere in the Mojave Desert where it's hot and you're cooking on the inside. Now, again, I don't really, really, really mean that. <laughs> But I have to be dramatic to wake you up. Speaking of waking up, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton. He is with New Focus Financial. You can find them online at newfocusfinancial.com. One of the areas that I find to be intriguing, again, there's a lot of components that go into retirement. There's mortgages and, and investing and there's insurance and there's budgeting. Mortgages. Uh, 30-year versus 15-year, paying it off early, don't pay it off early. Let's talk about one of the greatest arguments that I've had in financial radio is I don't ever prepay a mortgage until I'm wealthy. What's your thoughts on that statement? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Your house is going to go up and down in value regardless of how much you put into it. And then especially if you're buying in areas like you know, the Bay Area yeah. where there could be an earthquake at any time, that type of level of risk, I want the bank in on it with me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because the worst thing that could happen to you is you could end up, uh, you know, walking away from that deal with really bad credit for a while. <laughs> so. And that's better than. Or a tax bill. If you know, right now, if uh, if you walk away, short sell a home on your primary mortgage, it's, it's not going to be taxable. In the past, it has been. So. Something that people don't acknowledge is they, they look at a mortgage and the first four letters are mort. You know, it's it's death. It's not a positive word, and I think it's a, it's a fantastic word because. Where record rates were in, in low mortgage rates, that's heaven. Mm-hmm. You get to tax deduct some of your income off the interest. That's amazing. That's a huge benefit of a mortgage. Um, you get to write off the interest against your taxable income. That's that's nice. Again, maybe that'll last forever. Maybe it won't last forever. But a mortgage is a cheap cost of money, Chad. Yeah. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And a lot of what you talk about is crap that readjusts for inflation. Like $100,000 in cost will be 200000 because it's readjusted for inflation. Your mortgage, your payment, 3000 a month, 4000 a month. It's the same. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And if it did, it, it would be a horrible product, but it doesn't. Well, and let's talk about the 15-year for a minute because 2011 was kind of a year where I first started saying, hey, you know, you should probably look at a 15-year mortgage to right. some people. Absolutely run the numbers. Because you can you can sit there and you can take your 30-year, which might have, you know, 15 or 20 years left, refinance to a 15-year, possibly pay it off sooner. But, again, that's that's because it's already going to be paid off in a shorter period of time or you're used to that payment. Um, I consistently find in states like Oregon and California where I have clients, the people that go into retirement with a mortgage, which can still be a deduction on your state income tax return, okay, um, and the people that have long-term care insurance, which also can create tax deductions for you, they end up paying less in state income taxes. So as long as your mortgage is over 150000 180000 
But if your mortgage is under that, you're not really getting much of a bang for your buck anymore right. because the, the mortgage interest deduction is so small. It's almost the same thing as if you just do what's called a standard deduction and you're not writing off your interest. So, you know, if, if people right now your mortgage is only around $200,000, by all means, get it paid off by the time you retire because it's not really going to be a tax deduction for you anyways. It's a pretty powerful tool. There's an investor named Mullenkamp. Do you remember Mullenkamp? Yeah. Yeah. He wrote an article about mortgages back in the 70s, and, and the theory that he threw out there was uh, it's not your home that goes up or down in value. It's the value of the mortgage that goes up or down in value. And it's a concept that most people just don't get, but I, I think it's genius, and it, it changes the way people approach real estate in my mind once you once you grasp that concept. Yeah, it's not the – I mean, it's the affordability of the, the affordability mortgage of the that mortgage. determines the price of the home. And so the affordability of the mortgage is run by two issues, interest rates and wage inflation. So it's not, you know, it, it, well, location can come into play a little bit too, but if interest rates are super high, even the location doesn't matter. So I'm not big on the whole uh, mortgage burning book at the end of the 30 years. Like uh, my parents, they wanted to burn their mortgage book, you know, the, the coupons, the payments that they sent in. They'd have a mortgage burning party. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most powerful tool on the planet. It, it even allows me to sell my real estate without selling it by taking out another mortgage against it. So I think it's it's unbelievably flexible, and it should be a word that inspires awe, not fear. Right, and there's a certain way to look at financial planning, and some people look at it, I want to maximize every dollar, and that's my number one goal. There's other people that look at it and say, this is, what I want money to do for me is to simplify my life and my family's life. So some people could say, I want my mortgage paid off because that's what makes me feel comfortable in retirement. It might not be the best use of each dollar, but it makes them feel comfortable, and there's a lot to be said for being as comfortable as possible and having as few payments in retirement. Some people, that's their main goal, and, and so don't be ashamed if your goal is to pay off your house. But um, just realize that it might not be the most maximum use of each dollar. Absolutely, and again, I, if you're poor, pay off your mortgage because you have a mortgage on a trailer and it's 18%, and if you're super wealthy, pay it off because it's an inconvenience to send in a mortgage payment, and everyone else should 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 let it go. Just pay it on time is the is the trick and the important thing. You're listening to me, Rob Black, with CFP Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. One area that I like a lot are what are called real estate investment trusts. I do not like private REITs. I do like publicly traded REITs. Publicly traded REITs have to file disclosures with the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. And I think that's a good thing. Private REITs do not. Private REITs look and sound like great ideas, but you need to be very careful. I just heard a commercial that said, you know, you can become crazy rich by investing in this property. And the fact that there's not a disclosure on that tells me that commercial is actually breaking the law because you have to let investors know that the guarantees aren't real. You can't guarantee anything. And seducing people to invest into a private REIT where you get a big fat commission right off the top, it's kind of unscrupulous. And FINRA will shut that down sooner rather than later. But I like publicly traded REITs. I do not like private REITs. You as a consumer need to learn this fast because you will be taken advantage of. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Change the topic ever so slightly and getting serious again. Uh, I could talk about, you know, yogurt giant to know and reached a deal to buy American Organic Food Maker White Wave. Um, I could do that. You know, White Wave went public in 2012. They got the Horizon brand dairy. Coffee creamers, silk brand soy and almond milk. It's all about space on a grocery store. One of the areas I want to try to talk a little bit more of in the future are some of the odd financial problems that people run into. And when I say odd, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to say, you know, we all are going to have different financial lives. and We're all going to have different financial issues. And I just want to be as aggressive in telling you that, you know, you need to start thinking financial issues. As life expectancy of disabled adults increases, it's increasingly complicating one issue for their aging parents, which is retirement planning. Not only are we all living longer, but our disabled children and parents are living longer. And being disabled is no fun, financially speaking. Having a special needs kid adds an extra dimension to retirement planning. It's a very complex undertaking. It's, uh, it's not as straightforward as you would imagine. Parents have to heed small but important details. Um, beneficiaries become super important. So who's the beneficiary on a workplace 401k? Do you know? I could tell you in my comfortable world that 10, 15 years ago, um, I was married to a Playboy model, and she was on my 401k. Now, was I smart enough to change my 401k when things didn't work out between us? Or if I die, does she get it? Now, imagine if things don't work out with that Playboy model, and you move on to marry... Wife number two. And you have a kid, and the kid ends up being special needs. Um, And you die, and that 401k goes to the Playboy model. Suddenly your wife loses out, and suddenly your child loses out. And that's the big picture of it. Now, saving as much as possible for my comfortable retirement, you also have to save enough for your special needs child's retirement. How are they going to be provided for physically and emotionally after they're gone? Now, again, I could flip this instantly and talk about, like, my mom, who has had a couple strokes and she's got Alzheimer's disease. And who's going to take care of her um, if, you know, her children were to go? Or who is going to take care of her? What's the plan? Can you write this stuff down? But with a special needs kid, you basically have to plan for two lifetimes, um, in 2030, there will be 1.2 million adults aged 60 and older in the United States with developmental disabilities. 
That's nearly double the 642,000 who fit that profile just five years ago. 1.2 million. Today, people with Down syndrome have a life expectancy of 60, compared to back in 1983, people with Down syndrome had a life expectancy of 25. So many times, the child would pass before the parent did. And that made planning cleaner and easier. One of the most important things that parents need to do is ensure that any savings and investing, you know, doesn't uh, jeopardize the child's eligibility for government benefits. Thus, parents' ability to save more for retirement. So you need to know what you're doing. There's something called a special needs trust when set up properly. Assets held in the trust for the disabled person won't affect his or her eligibility for certain government benefits. To qualify for supplemental security income and Medicaid, disabled individuals generally must not own more than $2,000 in assets. Too often, though, people take advice and start planning their finances and their children's finances based on what their friends do or what they hear. And again, everyone's different. That's bad advice right there. I think a certified financial planner is the way to go. I think they've got the tools to diagnose insurance issues, um, longevity issues, cash flow issues. So I was reading about a couple um, out of Arizona where they plan to start saving more for retirement now that their 26-year-old son, Eric's out of college. Their older son, who's 31, has a diagnosis of mild mental retardation. And the family recently met up with a financial advisor for the first time to come up with what a retirement roadmap looks like. So they're currently helping their younger son pay off college loans, and they plan to discuss options with their advisor for lowering the rate on the higher interest rate, you know, college costs. But oddly, they've kind of ignored thinking about the older child and where he's going to fall into cash flow when when they die. Kind of their plan is to let their younger son take care of their older son. Have they discussed it with their younger son? What if that younger son marries someone who doesn't really want family close? What if he goes off to war and dies? What if, and that's where you get into this terrible thing of, if, what if ifs, if ifs and buts were partying nuts, so what a party we'd have? So you have to plan for scenarios, and some of them are more likely than others. You have to be honest. I've got some people inside my family who, they don't let the dirt out of it on anything, and it really creates quite a lot of tension. Um, it's a lot. So from some mental issues to some psychological issues based on success. So I've got a family member who has taken two years off because he's looking for the right job. You can't do that in this economy. You can't do that and and still plan to retire. But people aren't honest. And when you have a disabled child, you have to be honest. Like, let's cut the chase here. One of the biggest financial challenges for aging parents... Uh, of disabled adults, it's going to be health care costs for the aging parent, but also health care costs for the disabled child. Health-related expenses for a special needs child, therapies are often not covered by insurance. They're going to continue well into that disabled person's adulthood. 
And at some point, that starts to coincide with increased health expenses for the parents themselves because, you know, you will burn through money fast when it comes to medical issues. You'll burn through government welfare fast. So there's something that's considered what I would consider as diminished capacity. Keep in mind, we only work from age 20 to 60, and if you're 61 with a disabled child, your income now goes, and you're like, whoa, everything's flowing out faster than I thought. So it really helps to be honest and try to come up with a plan. Now, one area where I think we all should consider if we have the financial capability for it is long-term care. There's a lot of debate about the merits of long-term care. My mother took care of my father when he got cancer and was dying. Um, she played a key role in being his aid of getting him out of bed, of changing his, uh, I'm not going to say diaper, but, you know, his inability to control himself. Um, if it wasn't for her, he would have needed some long-term care to be paid for by someone else. Premiums for a couple can run thousands of dollars a year. Now, it's typically not socially acceptable to say what I'm about to say. All men should marry women 10, 15 years younger than us. In large part because they could take care of us, and then what we do is buy long-term care policy for them so that when we're gone, dead and buried, someone could take care of them. Now, that's absolutely 100% a joke. Sometimes it plays out like that. But, you know, um, if your spouse has longevity in her, her family, if they've lived to, you know, her grandparents, if her parents have lived to 75 to 100, or her grandparents lived to 75 to 100, that's longevity. My dad kicked over dead before he was 60. My mom's been in bad health and could have kicked over dead, but medicine saved her. So it's probably not as important for me to get long-term care. So long-term care is typically expensive. So not only do you have to think of long care as a couple, but if you have a child with a disability, wow, suddenly it's not one person, maybe it's two people, maybe it's three people you're thinking about. So I don't know. I think it's one of the toughest things to have a conversation about, and I want to have more conversations like that. But a lot of people don't want to do it. I've got a female friend who... Uh, she, got, she got pregnant with a baby daddy, and she knew she was never going to marry that baby daddy. But then she met this, her daughter is a gymnast, and she met a, a, a gym teacher, not a gym teacher, but a gymnast teacher kind of thing. And she's engaged, and they're going to get married. And he's never going to make a lot of money, and he's in a job where he could become disabled pretty quickly and not earn money. But you can't have conversations with her because she believes in, like, I have to find true love. When in reality, she should start thinking about, you know... Am I going to be able to pay for my kid's college? Am I going to be able to pay for my retirement? Am I going to be able to pay for my kid uh, to get married? Mm. Doesn't think that way. Lives in the moment. She will die in the moment in a trailer park. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I own real estate. I don't think the average person needs to own real estate. You can own what's called a real estate investment trust, but you want to own a publicly traded one, not one that's a private REIT. Private REITs are ways for salespeople to make big, fat commissions for themselves and potentially put you at a position of losing a lot of money in a thinly traded um, asset, if you want to call it an asset. I'd call it a liability. Um, so be very, very cautious. Let's talk a little more real estate. Let's bring in Tony Mendez and see if we can get an update on the real estate market. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony, do you remember the movie Gung-Ho? Uh, Gung-Ho with um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, 1986. Um, it was all about the Japanese coming to the United States and helping our automakers learn how to make cars better. We taught them how to drink beer and burp and how to play softball. Hilarity ensued. The tight Japanese management versus the loose American blue-collar worker. Um, I bring that up. Do you know why? Tell me. Because in the 80s, there was this big fear that Japan was going to buy all of New York. They bought a big building in New York. They bought the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners. How dare they buy an American tradition? Right? Yeah. What happened to Japan in the 90s? We, they were this economic superpower in the 80s. Right. In the 90s, they fell apart, and America became the economic superpower. We, we, we hand the batons off from time to time, and things change. But there was also this fear that Japan was going to buy all of our real estate, which is hilarious. Because just recently, China spent an enormous amount of money. They bought $725, $725 billion? Holy mackerel, what was that number? Um, they spent an enormous amount of money buying a piece of real estate in New York, the J.P. Morgan Tower, 60-story building. So there's now this fear, is China going to be buying, or is China the next Japan? And um, it wasn't just big buildings. It was uh, single-family residences, especially here in the Bay Area. There was a realtor down in San Jose said that they there was one block that they had, the uh, foreign investor came in and bought um, several homes that were in foreclosure, didn't even move into the homes and then turned around and sold them at the, uh, recently. So, yeah, there was a big push of foreign investors in the United States. You know, the United States is one of the few countries in the world that a foreign investor can own property in. And it's in, and one of the reasons is it's, it's helping our real estate boom again. But those investors are drying up right now. That's one of the reasons why we've seen a stagnant uh, um, home sales growth and home price growth right now. So $725 million will get you a Manhattan office building with 60 stories. Just in case you're wondering if you have basically three-quarters of a billion dollars lying around and you want to throw it out there. Um, again, I bring this up because things have changed a lot, and we always forget that. We always live in the now, and we live in the last three years. But, uh, you know, gung-ho. You know, who was the World Series champions in 1986? I don't know, probably the Tigers or something. It's going to make you wax nostalgic. It was the New York Mets where Bill Buckner booted the ball. Okay. Um... Boston Celtics were big in tennis. Uh, Yvonne Lindell, the NCAA football champions, Penn State. The hottest model was Christy Brinkley. Like, that's pretty crazy stuff. Um, and again, real estate will work in another cycle again. The U.S. economy will work through another cycle again. We won't always be the best of the best. 
some people would say that it's time for Europe to wake back up and be dominant. Um, so throw your investment dollars, not where the real estate's being bought now or who it's being bought by now, but where the area's been struggling sometimes is the right concept. Um, you know, 2013 is going to be remembered as the government shutdown year, but it's also going to be remembered as the European stock markets had a pretty good year, even though the European zone, European Union, is mired in, you know, sub-zero percent growth or zero percent to almost, you know, fractions. Um, so don't pay attention to now. Pay attention to where the ball is going. You know who made that famous, right? Bob Buecher, who knows? They say Wayne Gretzky changed hockey because he said, don't skate to where the puck is, skate to where the puck's going. And if you've ever played pickup hockey, um, it's exhausting. I mean, you skate, you skate, you skate, you skate, you finally get to the puck and some jerk pushes it to the other side of the rink, so you skate, you skate, you skate, you skate. So you got to figure out where it's going. Anyway, same thing in real estate, same thing with investing. That's Tony Mendez. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. Taking a look at some of the stories that U.S. safety agency is investigating that second uh, Tesla crash. Any sort of comeback from that that would be you know, detrimental to the company uh, clearly could hurt the stock price. So if they're told to disable the self-driving feature, for instance... Um, the nation's top safety auto regulator is on the case. There's an interesting new um, way to buy movie tickets. There's a thing called Movie Pass, which you can, it's kind of like a Netflix where you go see a movie. You can go every 24 hours. It's basically, a you know, you receive a Movie Pass debit card by mail. In order to see a movie, you need to be within 100 yards of your desired movie theater, which allows you to check into your showtime of choice using your Movie Pass. Once you check in, your card automatically is loaded and can be used to purchase your ticket at the box office or kiosk. It's thirty to forty-five dollars a month. You know, considering that movie tickets are ten, fifteen, ten to fifteen dollars now, the monthly fee pays for itself if you go to two or three movies. Now, it's a complex process of buying a single ticket, and only when you're near a theater, uh, it can make getting tickets ahead of time a headache. You can't use the app to buy tickets for movie-going companions, nor can you purchase them for a 3D or IMAX showing. Um, maybe down the road there will be a premium pass that does that, but save money. Jeez. Um, there's another company that's just coming out right now that's trying to figure out how to kind of like be a, a Netflix where you, you tell the movie owner what you're willing to pay, and they can decide whether or not. But it's only in very limited theaters at this point in time, but it's rolling out into more. There's another uh, movie pass called Adam Tickets, kind of a social network for movie going. It lets you coordinate trips with friends to go. Um, first tickets free then you get some flexible pricing for group tickets you can find me online at robblackshow.com youtube robblackshow um, drop me an email rob at robblackshow.com don't be shy we'll take a break here we'll be right back Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.